everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Better Not Perfect, the podcast. I am Dr. Shea Butler, author of Better Not Perfect, From Hot Mess to Life Success, a woman's guide to learning, loving, and being herself unapologetically. So episode seven, if you've been following along with us, then you would know we had a special guest uh, last two episodes. We were so excited to have in studio my life partner, Dr. Odo Butler, aka Dr. Boo, who uh, joined us and just really talked through chapters five and six that really focused on love and you know our origin story as a couple, uh, relationships and marriage and we gave some tips or some advice that we hope you'll find helpful. Um, but here we are today. So in addition to wife, mom, I'm also um, an executive turned entrepreneur. I'm a speaker and um, I do a lot of exciting things. And one of the things I'm most excited about is this podcast. So thank you for hanging out with us as we walk this walk together and just all strive toward better. So today, um, as you know, if you've been following along, we start off with the title of each chapter and the lyrics of a song that really reflects where I was at this stage of life. Uh, remember, we're dealing with the genre of memoir. So I'm telling stories about my life that I hope you'll find helpful, talking about some tips and advice and um, things I've learned along the way these these years of mentoring, sponsoring and coaching women. So just all types of thrilled about um, the experiences so far. So chapter seven's title is Caution. This is not a drill. It's life, so woman up and live it. And the song chosen for this chapter are lyrics from Ashford and Simpson and their song Solid. And it reads as follows. And for love's sake, each mistake you forgave. And soon both of us learned to trust, not run away. It was no time to play. We built it up and built it up and built it up. And now it's solid, solid as a rock. That's what this love is. That's what we got. <sighs> so the whole thing has just been a journey and an experience. Life, pre-marriage, during marriage, and... You've heard about it. If we go back to chapter one, where I picked up starting to tell my life stories from the midway point of being a hot mess and coming through that messy stage and, and hitting this pivotal point where I realized that I needed to learn myself, learn who I was, what I wanted out of life, out of me, purpose. I had to learn to love myself, which was a process and still is so that I could be myself unapologetically and authenticity, gaining authenticity to really position me to a point that I could attract the love that I wanted and needed in my life. And I got that love and it was and is amazing. But what we find in chapter seven are some of the realities of life that can challenge love. 
you know, the one thing I would say is that we've always been, my husband and I, a team, we partner, we call ourselves Team Butler, you know, and we do trade-offs, we take turns. Um, when he went for a graduate degree, I stepped up and was on the home front. When I went back to school for my doctorate, he stepped up. And um, when one had a job that was more demanding, the other stepped up. And so we've always just been these partners. You know, we talk about life partners. Truly, um, our marriage has been a partnership and it's it's been an amazing ride. But as you heard in chapter six, it wasn't always perfect. And when you enter in, to a marriage or relationship, yeah, you know it's not always going to be perfect, but you never know what will be those challenges, those things that, those curves that life throw you. And one of the things about life that one of the lessons that were learned, it's like motorcycle riding. People say, I haven't ridden, but they say when there are two people on a motorcycle and you come up on a curve, both have to lean into the curve at the same time. If one goes one way and the other goes another way, they wash out. Well, marriage and life is like a metaphor of road, motorcycle riding. And when the curves of life come, you have to lean in together or you'll just wash out. So really, this is a story of how we leaned in together during those curves. One of those major curves was the process of losing my mom. Um, man, that was, I mean, you've heard me reference my mom throughout the podcast and certainly read about her throughout the book. And she was my champion. You know, she was the one that encouraged me. She was the one that said, you can do this. Even when I didn't believe I could, when she was the one that said, hold your head up. She was the one that said, you're just as good as any of them. And better than half of them, <laughs> you know, well, she was a mom. So what would you expect? Um, so the journey to losing mom was really, it, it was exacerbated by a few things. One is that the time that she had, she had multiple battles with cancer over an extended period, probably a 10 year period. And she beat it twice before. So she was on her third round with this crazy, hateful, awful disease. And she made a decision that she wasn't going to treat it this time. She was not going to take chemo. And I was irate with her. I was not happy. And, um, you know, she said, I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired. You know, and she said, Listen, I, you know, my mom was a woman all my life of great and amazing faith. And she said, Shay, either way this ends, God is going to heal me. Either he's going to heal me and keep me here. Because if we serve an all-knowing, powerful God and we think he controls everything and he controls life and that's what I believe, then he... He'll heal me and I'll be here or he'll heal me and take me. She said, healing is not always living. Healing sometimes is just being at peace. And she says, and my faith 
I'll be at peace with him, my God. So as far as I see it, it's a win-win either way. But for me, one of those things was a loss that I just didn't want to face. <sighs> so eventually, I came to terms with mom's decision, but I was also at this time enrolled in a doctoral program. And I part, as part of that program, I was driving to Boston once a month for an entire weekend of intensive study from Friday to Sunday. I had two small children at home. I had my husband who was trying to hold it down on the home front. I was in an executive role at work and my mom was dying of cancer. A little bit of stress. It was a very stressful time in life. And you all know, I've been very transparent with you. If you've been hanging out with me these past seven episodes, um, is trauma, loss, grief, stress, all of these were major triggers for me. And I still, in all of this, was trying to keep up this image of perfection. You know, letting, trying to be the perfect doctoral student and get, you know, good grades, still traumatized from that failure in undergrad, you know, and having to prove something. Still trying to be the perfect executive at work, you know, still trying to be the perfect wife to make it, make it seem like I was doing this flawlessly, you know, cause I really wanted my marriage to succeed. And I put all these demands on me that weren't put on me by my spouse, but I had these demands about what I thought it looked like to be a perfect wife. I wanted to be a perfect mom. I, I didn't want to harm my children in any way. I didn't want them to feel neglected because I was out of the house because of mom's illness or because of doctoral studies. I wanted to be the perfect member of my church congregation. I wanted to be the perfect member of my community. And I had all these balls up in the air. And of course, the most important thing to me at that moment was to be the perfect daughter. The daughter that showed up in her mom's final days, weeks, months, and it was a journey. So to do that, I took time off half a week each week to go down to New York City and be with my mom in hospice. And this went on for, I don't know, couple months before she actually was healed in a way that led to peace and she went home to the God she loved and served all of her life and that was hard that was so hard so again this strive for perfectionism with all this weight and all this trauma, I had a wall. I had a major wall in my life. And I needed something else to cope. I was stuffing those emotions that I told you I was really good at stuffing. I was throwing my energies into everything else but me. I was 
trying to keep up with expectations that I'd set for me or that others had set, had set for me. And I was failing. And this notion of failing made me feel like a failure. But I'm here to tell you that you can fail at things in life and not be a failure. I know that now, but I struggled with that then. And so I looked for relief. And I went back to my go-to. If you've been noticing the patterns, you know, um, alcohol was prevalent in my life. And it was a crutch and something that I'd struggled with for a long time. Never willing to really say the words that I was an alcoholic until I had to say the words that I was an alcoholic. I played around, said, oh, I was a problem drinker. Oh, you know, uh, sometimes I just, you know, um, drink too much. In my mind, alcoholic is a person who drank every day and got drunk every day and maybe crashed their car or went to jail or did something crazy. And other than partying too much and, you know, the some other bad choices, I don't feel like I was, I didn't feel like I was this alcoholic, but you know what? <laughs> Starting to go to meetings where I was around other alcoholics and listening to their stories, I noticed the pattern and I noticed that I had to face my truth. So I used alcohol to escape. And eventually I also used hydrocodone painkillers to escape. And what these things did for me is that they helped me disconnect from my emotions and just churn and just be this robot and be able to go about my day and still do all these things and meet the barest minimum of expectations. And I hit that wall. And if it wasn't, for my husband, if it wasn't for my sponsor, if it wasn't for my mentors, and, and if it wasn't for my therapist, I don't think I'd be here today telling this story. And it's so important that I tell this story because I am not alone in this. I know because I've mentored, coached, sponsored, hung out with, befriended women who are asking themselves, do I drink too much? Am I carrying too much? Am I stressed? Am I using drugs or alcohol, even prescription drugs, as a coping mechanism? If you're asking yourself that question, it's because there's some doubt in your mind. And if there's doubt, explore it. So I did the thing that I thought I could never do. I had to make the hardest decision of my life. And that decision was to go to rehab. And that decision saved my life. It was the very thing that I told everyone I could never do because of the shame. But it was the very thing I had to do to get free. Again, courage. It took courage. And I'm grateful, really grateful that I had the support to help me get through it. 
And as a result, our marriage and our love is still solid. And me, still not perfect. And that's just great because I'm better. So with that, we have a question as we do at every show. So we're going to hear it now. Hi, my name is Kathleen from New York. And my question is, how did you prioritize your health and your well-being when you're in a really demanding job and you're a key decision maker? And how did you also manage the expectations of your colleagues? Thank you, Kathleen. Excellent question. Um, you just heard me talk about all the stresses I had in my life. And if I had a chance to do it all over again or talk to my younger self and mentor my younger self, I would say when you have all of those demands, you can do it all, but you won't do it all well. You know what they say, that old saying, jack of all trades, master of none. You have to pick and you have to prioritize and you have to choose. What are those things that you're going to give most of your time and energy to? And they may change from different points in your life. And they'll always sort of be aligned, hopefully, with your values at that time. So I don't recommend that old saying that you can have it all. Some people say you can have it all, but not at the same time. Some people say you can have it all, but you just have to prioritize. You know, I don't know where you land on that. For me, trying to have it all was killing me. Maybe some women can carry it. But it's a challenge to think about having it all and then excelling at it all. For example, I can be a great executive and I can be a great mom. But never am I both on the same day or rarely am I both on the same day. There have been times in life where I've had